0: Amen. Once again, we're in our study. World religions, cults, and the occult. Mary, I'm not even looking at you. What is it? Number thirteen. Uh, Charismatic chaos. <laughs> Give it for Mary. She's got it all there. That's right. Charismatic chaos. Part two. We're in that second part, the untold history of the charismatic movement. And what we're basically doing is, on this section, we already dealt with the first section, the first 20, uh, the false teachings, the aberrant behaviors, and, and all that kind of stuff. But we're dealing with the, the the premise that they say, no, the reason why this stuff's so weird, and you don't understand it, and maybe you don't like it, but it's the last day's outpouring of God's Spirit. Really? Don't think so. We've been taking our history tour tour after the death of the last apostles in the apostolic age. That's why it's called that. Uh, We saw it was going on in Montanism. It carried through the dark ages through Catholicism. Then it hopped over from Europe to the United States with the Shakers and the Urbanites. Um, Mormonism started because of charismatic beliefs. We went through that. The holiness movement, which had nothing to do with holiness. Okay, It's just a code word, Christianese, around this supposed idea that we can be perfect and if we get a second dose of the Holy Spirit, Uh, which is not true, it's not biblical, and you're not gonna be perfect. Again, how many guys are married? And just even today, you found out you're not perfect. And neither is your spouse. It works that way. It's verified every day. But that false teaching started with Wesley. We saw they carried it on. And, of course, the evidence that you got this supposed second dose of the Spirit is you speak in gibberish. I'm not saying tongues because it's not even the biblical gift as well. Then we saw it continued on with the revival, a second great awakening, Charles Finney. Then it broke out into conferences and began to spread across America. We saw the birth of the Church of God. And, Lord willing, we're going to get into the birth of uh, assemblies of God. Believe it or not, we're actually going to get into the workbook. Praise God, that's right, Pastor Tom. Praise God is still there, uh, and that's when we're going to deal with oneness Pentecostalism, another sect of that. But they begin to branch out, foursquare, and all that. We'll get into that. But then we saw last time if you hear Salvation Army, how many guys went around all of Las Vegas and you got your money back from those kettles. <laughs> we should if we could uh, Because we saw that's not even the gospel they're sharing It's a works base That's unfortunate Then one of their big giant pillars A guy named Smith Wigglesworth And what we learned with this uh, kicking behavior And the handkerchiefs and all that stuff Hey man, nothing new under the sun Once again, it's just rehashed, repackaged Wigglesworth was doing that all along So now we're going to continue Oh by the way, again Notice this is, again How many, how many years of history How many centuries have we gone through And yet we're being told this started in 1906 at the Azusa Street Revival. I don't think so. But speaking of the last days, because that's what they say. Remember, the reason why it's so weird, it's the last days, right? It's outpouring of God's spirit. That's why, really? Well, let's take a look at what God warned about what happened in the last days and see if uh, it's something we need to pay attention to dealing with these people's behavior, okay? So open your Bibles to 2 Peter 2. 2 Peter 2, that's our opening text. And uh, verse one through three, let's take a look there. False teachers and their destruction. Okay, you don't want to be in their camp. Second Peter chapter two. If you find Third Peter, what do you do? Get a new Bible. That's right. Uh, second Peter uh, chapter two, verse one through three. What's going to happen? Again, we're, the context is the church. This is going to happen in the church in the last days in the future, right? But here's what Peter warns about. When you get there, say move. Moo, that's a good consensus. Let's move on. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be what? False teachers among you. Who's you? Who's he talking to? He's talking to the church. He says, now here's what these guys are going to do. They're going to secretly, uh-oh, so deceptively, secretly behind the scenes, little by little, little here and there, they're going to introduce What? destructive heresies in fact even denying the sovereign lord who uh bought them bringing swift destruction on themselves nobody will follow the shameful ways because in the last days everybody's going to be hungry for the word of god in the church oh no second timothy four says paul warned also in the church member we saw that that uh people are going to turn away from the truth they don't want to hear sound doctrine anymore and so unfortunately you put that together with this passage and no wonder many because you don't know the bible what's going to happen you're going to fall for these false teachers. They're going to seduce you right along. You're going to go along with it. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their what? What's the key word there? Greed. That's what it's all about. It's all about greed. It's about money. It's about them. It's about finances. It's about getting rich. About being famous. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with what? With the truth of God's word. They're literally making this stuff up as they go, right? Right? And you're going to see, the, I was, you're going to see a video, I don't want to give away, one guy, uh, I was there, and I, all of a sudden I was praying, and all of a sudden, I was sucked up into him. You're that, that's a story made up, that didn't happen, right? And that goes on and on in this community, and that's exactly what he warned about, the stories they made up, and he says, uh, their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. Now, who does that sound like? Just reading that warning from Peter. It sounds like the charismatic community, okay? are there really uh, false teachers in the church today who are secretly introducing destructive heresies even denying god and ripping people off of their greed (laughs) what does that sound like so here's in my notes this is the irony they say that they are a special movement of god's spirit in the last days and yet god himself warned them of their behavior in the last days anybody see the biblical irony there okay so let's continue and prove that once again this is nothing new under the sun it's not some latest outbreak of the spirit of god as we continue through our journey of the untold history now we're going to move on now uh to this guy and his name is phineas quimby okay phineas quimby uh for those of you who got all my sermons memorized which would be none Okay, but uh, if you were out there, you would realize that we talked about Phineas of uh, Phineas Hemby, or Quimby, his brother himby, apparently. Uh, in, <laughs> we talked about him in Christian Science, and we also talked about him, I believe, in our New Age study, because that's exactly what he was promoting, right? But Phineas Quimby, okay, you can see a, an exciting photo here. He had, a, he had it moving on with this cool-looking beard thing going on. And uh, this is—he uh, died in the late 1800s. Again, we're still dealing that time frame. He was an American mentalist, also known as this word, a mesmerist. Remember, we talked about mesmerism. Okay, we'll get into a little bit of that again uh, tonight. Uh, and he was widely recognized as the foundation of what was called the new thought movement. Right? He was influenced by a guy named Swedenborg. And basically what it was, new thought, today we would call New Age. Okay? And he got that from the Swedenborn guy, and that's where we had our New Age study. But that's what this guy is. Now, this guy is clearly connected into the charismatic movement. And so this is where, from this guy, is where you're going to start to see New Age teachings now coming into and occult teachings coming into the charismatic movement. They've already got it wrong with Wesley's false teaching with the uh, perfectionism. They've already got it wrong saying that you can get a second dose of the Holy Spirit from twisting the scripture, okay? And now they're going to start getting new agey. This is where the positive confession comes in, creative visualization. That's your little gods. That you get, That's all new age. Well, this is where it's starting to come in through the charismatic movement back in the late eight uh, Uh, 1800s late 1800s quimby uh, his background he you're going to see a a common thread basically these guys in the charismatic movement the bulk of them basically have little to no education now does that mean you got to have a degree in order for people no no i'm not saying that right and there's some people that probably don't have much of a degree but man they know their bible and spiritual so i'm not against that But what you're going to see is basically these guys not only have not much of an education, uh, but what they get educated in is not from the Bible. Okay, that's more my bigger point there. Uh, But he became interested in the mind's ability to affect the body right, because uh, he had some health issues, tuberculosis, right, so that was the latest thing that was going on, and this guy named Charles Poyan, he was a French mesmerist, he came to Maine, which is where uh, this guy, uh, Phineas Quimby, that area he lived in, so he literally left this guy, he left his job, he goes and follows this French mesmerist for about two years until he became proficient in applying, quote, mesmerism. Now, let's refresh ourselves. What is mesmerism? Mesmerism was the name given by a German doctor, Franz Mesmer, hence mesmerism, in the 18th century. And listen, he believed that there was this invisible natural force that possessed all living and uh, animate beings, humans, animals, vegetables, and Ruth even act, apparently. Uh, He believed that the force could have physical effects, including healing. Now, what does that sound like? It only sounds, of course, like New Age, but it sounds like in our Buddhism and Hinduism study, especially with Buddhism, with martial arts, the Chi Force, or it even sounds like Star Wars theology, if you want to call it that. Okay, the, right? but that's basically what it is. Uh, this guy uh, attracted numerous followers in Europe, and the United States, and uh, his followers were either called magnetizers or mesmerists, Okay. And, uh, but anyway, basically that's what influenced this French guy who then comes over to Maine who influences back to Mr. Quimby. Okay. Do you get it? So Mr. Quimby got indoctrinated this idea that there's a force that permeates everything. And that if you could tap into this force, it can do amazing things and give you power and bring healing. Get it? Okay. That's what Quimby is involved in. And I'm telling you, this went right straight into the charismatic movement. I'll trace the trail in a second now supposedly when you're being mesmerized with this force that supposedly is behind everything that you could tap into right for power thanks you know a jedi if you will uh you experience quote reported effects included various feelings like intense heat trembling trances and seizures does that sound familiar with the community that we're talking about yeah it does i've said before it doesn't mean it's the spirit of god right And it could be just some of this stuff that you're tapping into, occult new age practices, okay? Uh, This whole thing was uh, uh, pitched as something that could provide for people as spiritual healing, right? And again, remember his background, he had tuberculosis. He thought the mind could do this. I just got to figure out how to tap into this thing and then I can provide healing, okay? And then that's how it went into the charismatic movement because what was one of their big things? with perfect healing, perfect health, perfect wealth, and things of that nature, and and all that stuff. Now, this also uh, uh, guy, he had several uh, students, okay, and believe it or not, one of the students of Quimby was this lady, Mary Baker Eddy. Now, Mary Baker Eddy, as we saw, we had a whole study on Christian science And uh, that's where she believed in this animal magnetism, mesmerism, right? And that uh, in order to heal your disease, what do you got to do? It's not real. It's an illusion. You just got to use your mind, right? And tap into this force and you can heal yourself. Okay? Uh, Then why were you ill all the time and needed doctor's help? And why did you wear glasses? And we already dealt with that for many weeks in that study. But she went on with it and she started and founded uh, Christian Science. Now, he also had a couple other students, and this is where it went down the charismatic route. So Quimby influenced her, who started uh, Christian science, with this New Age mesmerism stuff. Okay, he also influenced another guy, this guy, and this is your charismatic route. This is a guy named John Alexander Dowie, okay, and he is accredited as, quote, revolutionizing Christian, quote, faith healing in the late 1800s. But guess whose techniques he used? Mr. Quimby, back to the New Age stuff and things of that nature. He also had another student, Quimby, okay, uh, not only uh, Mary Baker Eddy uh, with uh, Christian Science and John Alexander Dowie, uh, who influenced the charismatic community. Uh, it's also this guy, Warren Felt Evans, okay, got his teachings. And you're going to see that uh, Warren Felt Evans also influenced the charismatic community as well. Okay, but again, let me give you some uh, teachings of this mesmerism and see if it doesn't sound familiar today. Uh, again, mesmerists believe that when you speak, out, what you speak, because remember, it's, uh, it's in your mind. You just got to, you got to, you got to tap into this force and you can provide these amazing things, including healing. But quote, what you speak out of your mouth, you create. This is coming from Quimby, from New Age. okay. And that's the idea of the perfect health perfect wealth you can just create it. you got to speak it into existence now my background uh, being saved from new age not to mention other occult things uh, that's called creative visualization that you can create and visual, visualize and create with speaking into existence that's new age flat out new age well that's a big underpinning of the charismatic movement and what was called we saw before the word faith movement section of the charismatic community And that you speak the word in faith and you get to create your reality. Perfect health, perfect wealth. Folks, that's new age. But this is where it's coming from, that Quimby, okay? Uh, And uh, you can do that with your mesmerizing powers. Uh, Again, it's a a blend of uh, just uh, this mesmerism. It's a blend of Hinduism, new age, again, new thought movement. Now, let me give you another thing that uh, he also taught. He taught that the God was really called the kind of impersonal. Uh, the infinite intelligence, okay? And he's everywhere. The uh, spirit is the totality of, of real things. And listen, true humans' uh, uh, selfhood is divine. That basically we're what? This is from Quimby. We're gods. Now, what is a big, major, unfortunate, false teaching in the charismatic community? That we are all little gods, okay? Where did this come from? It came from this guy from New Age. Okay, this is going into the charismatic community. And again, sickness originates in the mind. And again, Mary ba- Baker Eddy ran with that and started Christian science. And uh, right thinking can produce a healing effect. And same, it's new age. And that's why you hear the phrases in the charismatic community. They'll say stuff like, well, hey, hey don't, don't say you're sick. Don't say you're sick because it's gonna happen. You gotta speak positively. That just, I'm, I'm, I'm healed, I'm healed. And you gotta keep, that's new age, folks. And this is where it comes from, okay? Quimby also developed a belief system, which, again, illness was just part of the of mind, and it's just erroneous belief. You're just thinking wrong, right? You just got to believe it's going to happen, okay? Now, again, Quimby, here's what's ironic. Quimby would never claim to be a Christian teacher. I mean, at least he admitted he wasn't a Christian. But his teachings, his New Age teachings, are at the core of the word-faith movement in the charismatic community, okay? Again, it's a philosophy where our existence is self-realized. It, we are little gods. We create our own existence by the power, by what we imagine. If you imagine success, you draw success to yourself. If you imagine defeat or lack of success, you attract that to yourself. Their basic teachings, a new age, uh, Quimby, right thinking can bring healing, all diseases of mental origin, and again, true human self is divine, Folks, this is new age through and through and I'll show you again how it crept into the charismatic community but you look at the charismatic community today and they're teaching flat out new age today. It's all over TV if you're looking at it. Let me give you some samples of that.
1: <laughs> Where Dr. Rodney Howard Brown says the Holy Spirit is making folks out. That as these programs
0: are airing I- I'm speaking something into existence.
1: If that sounds eerily like God's act of creation in Genesis 1 and 2, that's because it is. Dear friends, only God can speak things into existence. Jesus got up and he simply spoke to the storm. He said, peace be still. And all of a sudden there was a great calm. And the reason Jesus was able to bring peace to that situation was because he had peace on the inside. Might it have had anything to do with the fact that oh, I don't know, that that he was God. But if the Godhead gets together and say, let us.
2: Say that again because they don't get it. I now come into a priestly anointing. Jesus
1: is not the only begotten Son of God. He is not. Dear friends, when it comes to matters of theology, when it comes to matters of doctrine, we absolutely are to judge on these things. Safely within biblical parameters.
2: You know you're the you're supposed to control the weather. From the hand of Pastor Benny Hinn, and believers are overcome by the presence of the Lord.
1: Friends, I've been to the Benny Hinn Crusades. I've been to eight of them, and I've seen what the television cameras won't show you. That on the floor in the back are dozens and dozens and dozens of sick people.
0: It looks like it's silver and gold mixed tonight. And I was sucked out of my room. I heard this, and I went, I just, and
1: you talk to that thing, and you tell it you're not coming here, I command you to dissipate, and you get back up there in Jesus' name. They demote God to make him look more human than what he is, and then they deify man to make us look a lot more like God than what we really are. But I'm gonna say to you right now, you are gods, little g. You are gods because you came from God and you are gods. You're not just human. The only human part about you is this physical body that you live in. The real me is just like God. And if God is in a body that means he cannot be everywhere at the same time, which means he's not omnipresent and that's not the God of the Bible. If they preach a different God they preach a different gospel.
2: I need money. Then start creating it. Start speaking about it. Start speaking it into being. Speak to your billfold. Say, you big, thick billfold full of money. God
1: is God. He doesn't have to have faith. He doesn't exercise faith. He doesn't use faith. He's God. He's the object of faith. Oh, wait a minute. What does that mean, object? I don't know what that means. I don't either. <laughs> but he's about to do it again. Now hear this. I'm prophesying this. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is about to appear physically in some churches and some meetings. And to many of his people for one reason to tell you he's about to show up. All I could think about is what a powerful testimony that would be. If all of a sudden I were to show up walking, you know, there is no cure for cerebral palsy. Once you got it, you got it, unless God does something.
0: So we see right there that. But... God wants us to be healthy. Can everybody say, God wants me to be healthy?
1: What I do is try to just teach
0: practical principles. I may not bring the scripture into the end of my sermon, and, and I don't feel bad about that.
1: The faith preachers take the word of God, and instead of it serving as a source of strength and encouragement to the afflicted believer, they take God's word, they retch it out of its context, turn it on its head, so now it stands in judgment over them. And I cannot imagine a more self-serving perversion of God's Word than what the faith preachers do with it. And to top it all off, they take their money.
0: God could do nothing on earth, nothing has God ever done on earth without a human giving him access.
1: Repent the
0: thing before me and I'll cleanse you from all
2: unrighteousness. I won't even let him know you did it. If
1: Jesus is keeping secrets from the Father, then that means there are things that the Father does not know, which means he is not omniscient, and that's not the God of the Bible. And any Jesus who's keeping secrets from the Father is not the Jesus of the Bible. If they preach a different Jesus, they preach a different gospel. And a different gospel does not save.
0: Wow, it's almost like God warned us about what we're seeing on TV in this community two thousand years ago. We're seeing it in our lifetime, tit for tat. Uh, that the one about B- Benny Hinn, of course. Uh, what did he say? He, quote, prophesied, first of all, you're not a prophet, but he prophesied, right, that Jesus was going to show up physically, physically, right? First of all, remember what Deuteronomy said, that if somebody prophesied something in the name of the Lord, okay, and they got it wrong, what are you supposed to do? Kill them. You better be thankful that we're not under the Old Testament law, right? Number one, because you made God out to be a liar, right, let alone deceive people. But that one is so unbiblical, it's not even funny, because when's the next time Jesus is coming back, physically to planet earth not at the rapture because we meet in him in the clouds right okay the second coming that doesn't happen until then uh whatever but then the whole premise did you hear what he said i'm here to tell you that jesus is going to show up to tell you he's about to show up that's what he was saying it's like there didn't even make sense whatever but anyway back to this you can see folks this is to me second peter too this is we're living it and again, God warned us what happened in the last days, and yet this same community says, no, the reason why it's so weird to you is because it's a new movement of God in the last days. No, God warned us about you in the last days, right? And that's why we're doing our study. Quimby, back to Quimby, again, this is there. You attract what you think because, as you see, they're still teaching it today. It's all New Age. We're little gods, and we can control the weather. We, can, we don't have to be sick. We can we speak to that billfold, right? That's flat-out New Age, let alone, obviously, false teaching. But, it apparently, it didn't work for Quimby. Shocker! Who said that? Yeah, shocker. It doesn't work for those guys either. Okay? Except for getting rich, because they get rip people off. Right? But their health's going... Have you noticed they're getting older? Getting gray hair? Wrinkles galore? What's the matter? Your faith going down? Right? But Quimby, uh, he, he even had the uh, audacity to say, and this is kind of like Christian science, sickness and death were illusions... But it didn't work for him because he took ill in 1866 and allegedly died from overwork. Okay. What, what he had a faith crisis? He didn't have enough faith? What happened? Okay. But anyway, so uh, Quimby, again, he uh, uh, influenced uh, John Alex Dowie, okay, and the Evans guy, which we're going to get into another. But I want to get another guy, as you're going to see. Uh, influenced the charismatic community, and that's this guy. Now, this guy is a guy named Frank Sanford, okay? Frank Sanford, uh, not to be confused with the guy that had the junkyard and with Lamont. That was a different Sanford for three of you who used to watch that show. Uh, Frank Sanford, uh, he was a former baseball player in its really early stages, okay, just for kids, a school teacher. He never completed Uh, the first year of seminary. Okay, but uh, again, you're seeing, again, little to no education from these guys. They're supposed to be pillars of the charismatic community. He would get hired by churches, okay, be there for a little while, become dissatisfied and leave, okay? He uh, gained notoriety in the, the beginning of the Pentecostal era that they call it. He founded something. He was the leader of the kingdom, Right, and that sounds majestic, doesn't it? All right, But that's what he started. So basically, no training. This guy goes out and he's, he's doing his own thing. He too came out of Maine, kind of that same area that we, we've already dealt with. Uh, and he also got exposed to another charismatic element called the higher life movement. And again, he believed in the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, but again, this whole divine healing thing that you can have guaranteed healing, right? In August 1891, after what was supposed to be a successful exorcism, uh, he, quote, heard the voice of God in a forest, warn him of Armageddon. Now, again, here you go. The story's made up, right? Whatever. Or if he did hear a voice, that ain't the voice of God. I'll tell you that right now, right? You want to hear what God says? What do you turn to? Right here. This is a word, and you stick to it, right? I don't care what somebody says, right? Uh, and so he's supposedly warned by this voice of Armageddon. So what does he do? That's right. We don't have to have the kingdom. We need a safe place to hide. So he created this place called shiloh okay shiloh okay sounds biblical (laughs) yes shiloh right and it may and basically it's a commune a charismatic early form of charismatic commune is really what it was people there they were quote forced to pray hours on end fast and obey his orders absolutely so this is a guy that basically had no training right he would go into churches he'd get very dissatisfied and always keep quitting and then he decides to go on his own Ah, that's not a good scenario to be a leader. Sorry. Okay. But anyway, so he starts this basically charismatic commune, that is Shiloh. He declared himself the earthly incarnation of the prophets Elijah and King David. I mean, after all, it's called the kingdom. Right? So now he also, listen to this, he regularly starved his followers Causing deadly outbreaks, this is at Shiloh, this commune, deadly outbreaks of smallpox, diphtheria, and other infectious diseases. Uh, there was a death of a 14-year-old that led to a conviction of manslaughter, okay, and cruelty to children. In 1910, and this is starting to sound like Jim Jones. Oh, that's right. Jim Jones was coming out of what movement? Charismatic. Sorry, just dealing with the facts, folks. Okay. Okay. So he decides, uh, he's starting to get in trouble now. So he goes to Africa, this guy, this uh, Frank Sanford. Okay, he goes to Africa with more than 70 men and women and children. So they, their ship went aground and was destroyed. And so they said, all right, uh, let's go to Greenland. <laughs> I'm not making it up, right? Uh, to create a uh, supposed mission state, station. Well, knowingly, he sailed without sufficient food or supplies. Six crew members contracted scurvy and died. So more people are dying. But don't question this guy. He's heard a voice from God, right? He was detained by authorities and finally made it back to America and they put him in the penitentiary, okay, for uh, seven years. Then he gets out and he's released and guess where he goes back? Well, let's go back to headquarters, back to Shiloh. I kid you not, he goes back to the Shiloh and then in 1948, he died. Now, listen to this. It, uh, which prompted his body to be secretly buried by followers And all his belongings burned in various house fires. Now, why do you think they would do something like that? Because you're supposed to have perfect health, and dying messes that thought up. Right? Kind of ruins your whole teaching. Right? So, number one. Number two, who did he say he was? He's he's incarnate, right? The earthly incarnate of, of Elijah and King David. He can't die. He's the leader of the movement. You can't question him. So, let's get rid of the evidence, Bob. Not you, Bob. That's a different Bob. Okay. I'm sure you weren't there. But anyway, uh, so that's what they did. And just, just for kicks, believe it or not, this guy's movement still continues on today. It's called Kingdom Christian Ministries. Crazy, right? Now, but here's my point. Let's go back to Shiloh. The whole premise of these people is a Christian, or not even Christian, I say charismatic commune, right? Divine healing, all this stuff. And this guy's supposed to be Elijah. He's also, uh, I don't know, maybe he switches it. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, he's Elijah. On Wednesdays and Friday, uh, he is uh, King David. I don't know. Maybe he's himself on the weekends. I don't know, but whatever. But also, the whole premise of being in this, they were there, 600 residents he had in Shiloh. This is back in that day. That's a lot of people at that time. And because they attempted to, quote, live in the supernatural, awaiting for God to do amazing miracles and things of that nature. You know, the whole premise of the charismatic movement, right? To live in Shiloh meant, quote, to be in a constant state of readiness for the Holy Spirit's latest movement, okay? Now, this movement was also involved in, quote, celebrating Jewish feasts and keeping the Sabbath day on Saturday. Now, what is another unfortunate spin-off and also is weaving itself into the charismatic movement. Well, there's Seventh-day Adventists, but also what you're going to see is they're getting into what's called the Hebrew Roots Movement. Paul had a term for these folks. They were called Judaizers. And what they would say is that, uh, yeah, you're a Christian, and Jesus is, you know, uh, the Messiah, but you still need to do the Old Testament stuff. All right? No, that's called legalism. And read the book of Galatians. Paul says, "You foolish Galatians, you started out by means of the Spirit, and you're going to go back to the law." And he says, "Who he be, who bewitched you? Who came in here and seduced you, folks? That's going on today. You know, well, it's more spiritual when you pray with this Jewish you know dress on and this Jewish prayer saw. And if you want to wear that, that's fine. But you can't say that you're more spiritual just because of the, some outward coating. That's what the Pharisees did." And we don't keep the, law. Well, if you want to learn about the feast and say, you know, some biblical things about the uh, feast, uh, more power to you. But you can't say you got to keep it, or you can't say that, you know, it's got to worship on Saturday. Well, that's what these guys were doing. And again, unfortunately, that's also in the charismatic movement, okay, uh, as well. They also, he taught that the 10 lost tribes were actually England and America, Okay, which is another issue, unfortunately. And again, he was a big proponent of divine healing, right? You just, you got to get this guaranteed healing, whatever. Now, he, uh, Sanford, inspired uh, a guy, and that's this guy here, John Alexander Dowie. So Dowie's getting it from two ends. We saw that he's getting it from Quimby, the New Ager, with his mesmerism and little gods, and you can just, you know, whatever, and wait to you hear what this guy did. Okay, but he's also getting this from the Sanford guy who's just on his own, and he's Elijah too, and King David, what, what have you, right? Okay, and uh, again, this guy was not trained for seminary biblical background. So he was a Scottish evangelist, uh, a, quote, faith healer. He ministered in Australia and the United States, and, listen, he founded the city of Zion, Illinois. Okay, Why? We'll get to that. I'm, I'm going I'm to drop that bomb on you here in a second, because you need to talk about this guy first, and then see what came out of this guy, right? Right? Zion, Illinois. He also started what was called the Christian Catholic Apostolic Church, right? But basically, he originally came from Scotland. His dad actually was a, a, a tailor and a preacher, uh, but his family moved to Australia. So that's the Australian connection that he got involved in later. Okay, he became an independent evangelist. Just went on his own. Just, I guess, you know, what have you? Uh, he held his meetings in theaters and claimed powers as a faith healer. And again, who influenced him? Quimby with the New Age, with the mesmerism, right? The little gods, and you just need to visualize this, whatever. And this Sanford guy, right? All right. Now, he was also, for a time, involved with, guess who? Salvation Army. It's all kind of blending together, right? Uh, there's a tie he attracted many followers Uh, he was invited to a particular church and quote it led to a quote split in the church and i'm telling you i've told you this before i've got stories i've told you before but unfortunately when this kind of stuff comes into a church oftentimes what happens splits it right down the middle man been going on for a long time right all right Now, after an arson scandal in which the church facility that he had at the time burnt down in suspicious circumstances uh, because they said uh, that was fishy, it, quote, enabled him to pay off large debts. How'd that fire start, right? That was in Australia, so now he moves back to the U.S. This is in 1888. He first settled in San Francisco. He builds up another following there of his supposed faith healing powers, Right, across the state. He uh his ministry he called the International Divine Healing Association. And it was a commercial enterprise. So a lot of these hucksters today like Benny Hinn and Ken Copeland, you ain't got this guy, man, he had it going. You, you thought Smith Wigglesworth had some this guy this guy turned it into an enterprise. We'll get to that into a second. Right? All members were expected to tithe, and listen, if they did, that made them quote eligible to request dowie's aid in healing their ills so what did he start you need to pay me in order to get this healing right exactly that, that, that's what made you eligible now they don't say that word today you know what, what the what the code word is if you will that in the charismatic community you need to sow a seed into my ministry and the more you sow the more of a blessing or healing you're supposed to get uh, can I tell you, folks, that's exactly what this guy did. You're paying these guys for a supposed blessing. And what did Second Peter warn us about? In their what? Greed. They will exploit you with stories they made up. We were warned about these guys 2,000 years ago. Right? Now, Dowie would then pray, after you, of course, gave him money, in response to requests by paid-up members, because don't get behind. Right? And this guy got rich, man. He had a lavish lifestyle. I'll get to that in a second. But he also bought up securities of bankrupt companies and sold them off to his constituents. The guy was a con artist, right? But he got rich off this, uh, this lie that if you send me money, I'll pray for you and you'll get your healing. It's exactly what's going on today. So he takes that money, he invests it and rips them off. He was actually sued, okay, from two ladies because he defrauded them. They actually won the case. And so in his defeat, then he goes from San Francisco to Chicago, right? So now we're in this Illinois connection, right? That's how he ends up from there. Remember Scotland, he goes to Australia, he comes to the United States, San Francisco, then he, he loses the court case. He's ripping people off and gets caught with that. So now he goes to the Chicago area in Illinois, right? Now, then uh, they had the world's fair in 1893 and he staged elaborate quote, divine healings in front of large audiences. right. Quote, many of these healings were staged using audience plants and other dubious methods. Uh, At other times, carefully screened individuals were brought on stage that he supposedly healed. Now, what does that sound like? That sounds like Mr. Popoff we saw last time. They got caught. This guy was doing the whole thing. But again, he turned all this false teaching to a commercial enterprise, becoming, you know, like these guys do, say millionaires this guy was doing okay now he launches all kinds of these quasi businesses that just rake in the dough right let me demonstrate that and of course if you're gonna do this you you can't just say uh our group is the group it's the kingdom we're gonna start a a false teaching commune no it's not that it's called shiloh and so this guy of course what's he gonna do he's gonna start these businesses but everyone you know it's got to be from god because it's called zion and everything's Zion. He started Zion Publishing, Zion Headquarters, Zion Homes, New Zion Tabernacle, Zion Junior School, Zion College, Zion Printing, Zion Hall of Seventies, Zion Home of Hope, and more Zion Tabernacles and Zion Healing Homes, etc, etc. But somehow that makes it Christian. Now, believe it or not, he had at this point, he had approximately about 6,000 people following this guy. And this is back in this day, man. That's, that's quite, the, quite the group. And again, remember... You got to send him money to get your healing, right? So he's doing this at that time and he's up there. So now he buys some property up in Chicago, okay? And that's when he founded the city of Zion, uh, 40 miles from Chicago, and he owned the property personally. And then he started a, uh, established a quote, theocratic political and economic structure. He prohibited smoking, drinking, eating pork, and using any form of medicine. Because again, if you pay him money, you're going to get your healing. So why do you... False teaching. And then of course, man, you're getting so much cash. What do you think he probably should do? You need to start not just a bank. What do you think he called the bank? That's right. It's Zion Bank. <laughs> Anybody starting to see a pattern here? Zion Bank. Okay, as we can see there. He uh, then sold worthless stock to a array of Zion businesses. And uh, uh, he was continually in debt, and then he, uh, it eventually all crashed towards the end there as he, quote, went increasingly senile. Now, listen to what a journalist said of him during that time frame, right? He said, quote, the one—and this is of uh, this guy, John Alexander Daly. He tells him, the journalist says, the one incomprehensible element in this guy's gigantic, quote, success is the, quote, personal luxury in which he lived, Right? Listen to this. He said, quote, His horses are worth a fortune. His carriage is are emblazoned with all kinds of luxuries. His wife is said to dress with the gorgeous extravagance of an empress, and when he travels, he's hemmed round with a little army of servants. The so-called prophet of humility and self-denial has a special train chartered, and whenever the spiritual burdens become apparently too taxing, there's a delightful country residence belonging to him in which to retreat from the clamor of the day. Now, what does that sound like? that sounds exactly what these guys are taking the same false teaching new age teachings new age occult practices and they're doing exactly what john alexander dowie did they're creating an enterprise out of it they're becoming millionaires and they're following his lead and they're living some lavish lifestyles now let me give you some current examples of this they are living the good life
2: how good Here's Lisa Guerrero and the iSquad with a look at some who've been preaching prosperity who are living large. Fresh wind, fresh. They are some of the most popular TV preachers in the country. We're family here. They and urge the faithful followers to donate generously and in return the Lord will bring them prosperity.
1: I'm not going to be going to heaven and be broke when I get there.
2: And there's no denying some people have prospered handsomely. Wow. The, the pastors look themselves. The live like rock stars with huge mansions, private jets, and fancy cars. Their lifestyles are so lavish, six of them have been investigated by the U.S. Senate. Like Paula White, who lives in multi-million dollar homes in New York City and Tampa, Florida. And Proflo Dollar, he gets around in style, flying in private jets to preach around the country. He owns this mansion in an exclusive Atlanta suburb. Mr. Dollar, how do you not one of them would agree to an interview about their owners. opulent lifestyle? How do you justify your million-dollar mansions in your- your jets to all of your donors, sir. Oh yeah! But when it comes to opulence, few religious leaders compare People to Kenneth Copeland. You, you and I are supposed to always have. To show you his house, we rented this helicopter so you can see his 18,000 square foot mansion valued at over six million dollars. He lives in this home outside Fort Worth, Texas. It has beautiful water views and comes complete with a boathouse. But that's not all. Copeland is an avid pilot, and here's his pride and joy. A $20 million Cessna Citation jet. It's the fastest private jet money can buy. He said he needed it to better serve the Lord, and proudly did a flyby for his followers after the church bought it. Shout it! But it's not just one plane. We found a fleet of planes registered to the church. And you won't catch him waiting in line at the airport because he's got his own, the Kenneth Copeland Airport, located right next to his mansion. I think Copeland is unbelievably greedy. Ole Anthony heads the Trinity Foundation, a religious watchdog group that worked closely with the Senate committee investigating Copeland and other TV preachers.
1: Televangelism alone is at least a two and a half to three billion dollar industry.
2: She sent them a lot of money, uh, a whole lot of money. When Christy Parker's mother died of cancer, she found diaries that showed her mother sent Copeland most of her life savings, hoping her faith and donations would cure her of her terminal disease. What do you think of Kenneth Copeland's lifestyle? TV doesn't do it justice. Their office furniture is probably worth more than most people's houses. It makes you sick. Oh, my. Copeland refused my. our request You're for an interview, ma'am. so we caught up with him at an event in North Carolina. Why are you living such a lifestyle of luxury off of church donations? Oh ma'am, I don't think we have time no. for this. Thank you. Very, thank you Why won't much. you answer our questions?
0: Mm-hmm. A hotel employee tried to prevent us from taping.
2: Hang. Wait, wait, wait. On, Hold, on. Hold on. Come here. It's just a simple question, sir.
0: Yes, and I'm going to give you a
1: simple answer. Thank you. My lifestyle follows the scripture we give, we believe,
2: we're open. You so have, we have a fleet live. of private jets. Why is that necessary? You're a minister. How many private jets do you have? have that
1: is
0: making a difference.
2: Right after that, he walked away.
0: I wonder why. It's a huckster. What we warned about 2,000 years ago would come into the church in the last days, false teachers. And they would exploit you out of greed with stories they made up. Folks, we're living that passage, that warning from God, right? And yet this same community says you and I have no right to even question what they're doing. Excuse me, we have every right. Especially when God says, watch out for these guys in the last days. It's a sign you're in the last days. Uh, But again, this is nothing new. Dowie was doing this. He believed, Dowie, in time's restoration of the spiritual gifts, the apostolic offices of the church, you know, the prophets and all that kind of stuff. He claimed to be, again, God's messenger. Uh Uh-oh, he's going in competition with that Sanford guy. I'll get to that in a second. He claimed to be the spiritual return of the biblical prophet Elijah. Well, that's what the other guy did. And of course, if you call yourself the prophet Elijah, you got to dress like it. That's a photo of him taking it to the extreme. Uh, He he not only said he was the prophet Elijah, but he also said he's also Elijah the Restorer, the prophet Elijah, or the third Elijah. Take your pick, depending on what day of the week. I don't know, right? But again, this guy was a big proponent of the charismatic uh, uh, divine healing, and he was considered, he is considered a forerunner of Pentecostalism, okay? And influenced a whole bunch of people, as you can see, right on up to today. All these things that these guys living in luxury and creating a commercial enterprise, uh, these false teachings, nothing new, right? They got it from this Dowie guy, okay? And again, at one point, he even claimed to be the forerunner of Christ's second coming. Wow, right? So now we got uh, uh, Dowie and uh, Sanford, uh, and but they, they both... Uh, Notley uh, said that they got this special power to uh, to heal people with a word and claim to even raise the dead. But you got a conflict here. You both can't be Elijah at the same time. First of all, neither one of you are. But that creates a conflict. I kid you not. Uh, they It actually ended up, uh, they worked together initially. So Frank Sanford, and now let's get that guy up here, John Alexander, just for the sake of our board, uh, Dowie, they actually, believe it or not, worked together initially, but they split over this who's Elijah issue. Now, believe it or not, they tried to work it out. Uh, the original plan was for Dowie to say, no, 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 uh, he's really Enoch. And here's how they were going to play it. Uh, they, uh, Sanford believed that the two witnesses mentioned in the book of Revelation were Enoch and Elijah so that way, they could both be a special prophet. You just wouldn't have the conflict. But nope, I'm Elijah. No, I'm Elijah. I'm Elijah. No, I'm Elijah. I'm Elijah. You can play Enoch. I'm not playing Enoch. I'm Elijah. Can, yeah, well, okay. And they split. Right? So initially, they worked together. Now, here's the point. Dowie created his own commune. Remember, Sanford had his with Shiloh. right? Dowie created his. He created his commune was called... Zion City remember he's Zion Bank Zion everything right so Zion City so Sanford had Shiloh his commune Alexander Dowie after they split over the Elijah issue he has Zion City now Zion City if you're paying attention guess who came out of Zion City the assemblies of God that's their founder guy all that we just talked about that's probably not a good route to come from interesting okay now let me give you one more and then we're gonna have to wrap it up tonight we're almost uh, made it to there Uh, next we come to this guy his name is E.W. Kenyon okay E.W. Kenyon okay is the next one we're getting closer to Azusa All right. he went to a particular school called Emerson School of Oratory to become an actor right so apparently no Christian underpinnings there that he wanted to be apparently but he he goes to this Emerson School now uh, uh, he was a student guess who taught there Warren Felt Evans, the other guy who was influenced by Quimby, the New Ager. So when E.W. Kenyon goes there, guess what he gets influenced into? Quimby's New Age teachings. So he goes there just to be an actor, but when he gets there, one of his teachers is the New Ager, okay, and so he gets indoctrinated that. So all of a sudden, he decides he needs to hit the road, right? This is his only education, was going to this acting school, influenced by a new ager okay now kenyon was ordained again where's your training you went to an acting school that was a new ager teacher he was ordained and went on to pastor a church they hired this guy they hired a new ager and you go like how could that happen well i shared this uh, a couple months ago and it's funny when you hear it but it's sad because it's funny because it's so true How could a church hire a new ager? Are you serious? What kind of filter process you got going on here? But here's how it goes. It goes this. One day, this young minister was interviewing for his very first pastorate. And the pulpit committee had invited him to come over to their church office for an interview. And so the committee chairman asked him, so, son, do, do you know the Bible pretty good? And the young minister said, oh, yeah, absolutely real good. So the chairman said, all right, which part do you know best? And the young minister said, oh, I know the New Testament the best. So the chairman responded, all right, well, which part of the New Testament do you know the best? And the young minister said, oh, 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 several parts. So the chairman said, okay, well, uh, uh, why don't you tell us the story of the prodigal son? And the young minister said, oh, oh, sure, fine, no problem. So he started in. He said, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus who went down to Jericho by night and fell upon the stony ground and thorns choked him half to death. So the next morning Solomon and his wife Gomorrah came by and carried him down to the Ark of Moses to take care of him. But as he was going through the eastern gate into the ark, he's, his, he caught his hair on a, a limb and he hung there for 40 days and 40 nights and, and afterwards he did hunger. The, the ravens came and fed him though. The next day, the three wise men came and carried him down to the boat dock and he caught a ship to Nineveh uh, and when he got there, he found Delilah sitting on the wall and he said, Chuck her down boys, chuck her down and they said, well, how many times shall we chuck her down? Seven times seven? And he says, nay, but 70 times seven. And they chucked her down 490 times. And she burst asunder in their midst. And they picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. And in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be? (laughs) Well, at this, the chairman jumps up. He interrupts the pastors and he looks over to the committee and says, guys, 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 guys. Hey, let's hire him. He may be young, but he sure knows his Bible. (laughs) That's funny because what? It is so stinking true. So you're going, like, how could they hire this E.W. Kenyon who's, who went to an acting school, got influenced in the New Age, you ordain him and he's your pastor. Wow. It happens, unfortunately. Right? He also became the founder and president. It was called Bethel Bible Institute. That's another charismatic. They love to use Bethel. Right? Bethel is, you know Zion, Bethel and all that stuff. Right? Uh, he was influenced by Methodism. Okay, Now, what did you probably get with Methodism? The false teaching, again, from Wesley about being perfect and you got to get a second dose of the Spirit, so all that stuff. But he even says there, Kenyon, quote, had a, he supposedly got saved, and then he had a crisis of faith and, quote, left the faith two and a half years, for two and a half years. Excuse me, what's the Bible say? If you leave the, quote, faith, First John 2.19 says what? The reason why they went out from us is because they lost their salvation, which is a false teaching in the charismatic community, a lot of them. No, it says they went out from us because they didn't belong to us. If they had remained with us, they would have stayed with us, but they're going to show that none of them belonged to us, right? So that's this guy. So he probably wasn't even saved. So again, he, he ends up going to this Emerson School of Oratory. That's where he got into new age. Uh, he then got hooked up with free will Baptists. Now, one of the unfortunate things about free will Baptists, even on up to today, it says Baptists. Well, that, that must be, no, because they believe you can lose your salvation. So he got hooked up not only with a new ageer, a new age influence, the false teachings of Methodism, okay, from John Wesley, but now he gets hooked up with people who say you can lose your salvation. Again, this is the root of the Charismatic movement. Uh, so anyway, he goes on to uh, open Bethel Bible Institute. It's known today, actually, it's still in existence as Gordon Conwell College. If you're familiar with that, but that came from this guy. Okay, now he's the guy who is accredited with this new age influence because he picked it up at this acting class from the new ager guy, okay, who was taught by Quimby, right? As what was called in the charismatic movement today and you just saw it on the video with the one guy speaking it into existence, being "I'm I speaking this to, right? The, the word that they use is positive confession, right? You just got to confess it right, what you need to, to create, you know, that billfold, you just got to speak, right, that's new age, right, it came from this guy, you know, we would call it today, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, but whatever, uh, that's new age through and through, is what it is, so this guy would did that, and, uh, and this is uh, huge in uh, uh, Pentecostalism today, and again, this guy uh, also um, led to this next guy, okay, uh, Charles Parham, Now, we're not going to get to him, because I do not want to rush through this. Okay, we'll get into him, Lord willing, next time, if we're still alive and still here. But basically, let's trace the trail, because we're leading up. Next time, we are going to get into, Lord willing, famous last words. We are going to get into the Azusa Street Revival, right? Because it it goes from Parham, okay, uh, to a guy named Seymour, who starts the Azusa Street Mission that this supposed uh, revival breaks out right but let's trace the trail so far we got quimby who was a new ager who influences evans and then we got sanford and dowie all influenced in these new age practices and there's a common thread they got basically little or no education okay and charles parham he studied from both dowie so parham we'll get into next time parham he studies from dowie the zion guy who was elijah uh and then sanford who also thought he was Elijah. So Kenying or or Parham got major stuff from them. But I like what this guy said. Uh, Parham was learning from men with little or no schooling, which would mean according to the laws of diminishing returns, means he got even less. And boy, did he ever. Now, what we're gonna get into, Lord willing, next time, because again, I don't wanna blow through this uh, just to cram it in. But Charles Parham, right? He starts this uh, movement in Topeka, in Kansas, right? And supposedly, they say this is where the tongues begin to take place. Uh, no, it didn't. Have we seen throughout history? It's been there the whole time. So that's lie number one. But they say it takes place, and they say it started with this lady, Agnes Osman. Okay, was supposedly his first student at this supposed Bible college thing, her institute in Topeka, and she began to speak in, uh, what, by the way, they say was Chinese, now, by the way, that means a known language. Well, Acts chapter 2, it was known languages. Now, we're going to see. I'll give you a little teaser in a second. It was not even Chinese. But isn't it interesting how today that they say, oh, no, it's not a known language. The reason why it sounds like a bunch of gibberish is because it's a private prayer language. and all. That we no. So even their own founders said that when it started, it was supposed to be a known language. So it's exactly the opposite. They didn't even know your own history. They're saying the opposite of what the whole thing started. But anyway, just to give you a demonstration, uh, I will share with you the transcript of what she supposedly uttered, and it was not Chinese, but to give you a little teaser, okay, uh, was actually, and we'll see this again in greater detail next week, uh, but she supposedly was able to write in tongues. Wow! Yeah, and again, it was supposed to be Chinese. Here it is, folks. Apparently, this is, again, this is the, supposed to be the birth of right after this is when you have Azusa and you have the charismatic movement going crazy across America. But here he is apparently writing in Chinese, Aww. writing in tongues. There it is, folks. Clear as a bell. Uh, actually, I think my uh, dog Brewster, uh, if I taped a pin to his right paw uh, and gave him a couple pieces of cheese, he could probably do the same thing. They're any Chinese? Give me a break, right now. Basically, what happened was it goes from here. We're going to get into this detail. I'm just giving you a little teaser of where we're going next week. It goes from here to this guy, William Seymour. William Seymour is the guy who starts Azusa Street Mission, which is supposed to be the Azusa Street Revival. Do you see the thread? And I don't want to give it away too much, but as you can see, he's an African-American guy. And the reason why he went on to found his own was because, as we'll see, Lord willing, next time, this guy was one of the biggest racists. I mean, you can't even believe what he taught about uh, black African uh, folks. And again, this guy is quoted tons of times in the charismatic community as a great guy who helped birth the tongues movement and early Pentecostalism. And you want to see how racist he was? Well, Lord willing, you have to wait till next time. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. If we're being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks...